Hello, and a splendid Friday, listener. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fulham from Across the Pond. Well, we are one week into the championship season, and already my prediction and hope of us trying to, you know, win the first big set of games is done. Uh, so Fulham, uh, they they played their first game last weekend. It was a pretty good performance from them, um, and and we'll cover kind of my thoughts on that today, and then we'll look ahead at their upcoming game, which uh, happens tomorrow uh, against Huddersfield. And we'll talk about some of their, their transfer moves that they they're still are looking to make uh, with players coming in and players coming out over the next few weeks before the end of the transfer window. Now, like I said, Fulham played their first game last weekend. I was expecting them to come out and have a pretty solid performance and hopefully get a first win to start this campaign on the on the right foot now their performance i think was pretty good and you know they they went out and took a lead through new signing harry wilson's individual effort uh, in the first half but they they could not hold on to that they could not capitalize on some other uh, opportunities throughout the game and uh, middlesbrough their opponent would end up getting a game-tying goal late in the second half. Uh, there was still time for us to try and go nick one, but uh, we just did not did not make the right choices, I felt, with how they approached the end of the game uh, to try and, and get a win. So we tied against Middlesbrough in, in our first game of the season. Uh, I think not losing is, is good, but uh, I've heard a lot of... Uh, a lot of Fulham fans, a lot of other uh, pundits saying it's you know a good way to start. They're still learning under Mark, uh, Marco Silva and um, you know first game of the season and everyone needs to get yada yada yada. I, I take these all as somewhat as excuses. Um, honestly, I'm going to have a different take on this. Yes, I think it was a good performance from Fulham, but we and the, Fulham need to really... I think make a a big stance here uh, and a big uh, performance in the first few weeks of the season to to tell the rest of the league that they they aren't a team to be really trifled with and to be messed with. Um, it doesn't really matter how well we played uh, if we can't get those results. And I just feel like it's it's a really big opportunity for them to set the tone for the rest of the season to tell other teams, especially who are going to come into Craven Cottage, that you know if you want us to just have the ball and you're going to sit in and try and counter us or, or get a fluky you know, goal where you know, on the one that Middlesbrough scored, it was a ball that came in that we cleared and just wasn't cleared properly, and it ended up causing a bit of a scramble in the box and led to a player who was open um, and getting a good finish, uh, very, very good finish from him. Um, but we can't be letting teams like that come in and, and uh, just get you know results that way. We need to set a tone, I think, early uh, in our upcoming matches and, and try and put games away a lot earlier uh, 
so that we aren't getting into a situation like we saw in the past few years where we're leaving it late to either try and come back and tie or win. We're trying to get that winning goal or we leave it to chance, basically, if the other team is going to be able to score uh, late like Middlesbrough did last week. So that's something I think a little bit different than some other people who have been kind of talking about Fulham right right around now to start the season. I feel like we just need to set a better precedent for what we want out of the rest of this year. So hopefully that continues to, to grow and, and really be the standpoint for them in their upcoming matches. But we'll, we'll cover a little bit of what happened in the game uh, last week for Fulham. They did start strong. Like I said, a really great opening debut goal for Harry Wilson, who started on the right side. Uh, he ended up receiving the ball, cutting in on his left foot, you know, getting around a player, getting around a second, and, and finishing strong, hard on the ground by the goalkeeper uh, to put us up 1-0. Early in the first half, uh, this was a nice surprise, um, and I say surprise because over the past few seasons, we've had players playing on the flank who have been able to get around the initial defender and create good goal-scoring chances for themselves, and uh, they've decided, I'm just going to say they've decided, uh, to launch their shots into the stands, just never on goal. And it was just a nice thing to see Harry Wilson keeping the ball on the ground and putting it on frame, leading to us being able to get a goal here. So I look forward to continuing to see him create some great opportunities out there on the on the left on the right side, and hopefully others can follow suit. Um, and hopefully they're actually practicing their finishing a little bit more uh, than we have seen in the past. So that was a really good start for them. It was a very exciting flow to their play as well. We saw overloads with the outside backs on both sides. Kenny Tete and, and Anthony Robinson would get high up the field. This would create some really fun and exciting wide area combinations where it was um, the, the winger, with the outside back, and then Car Carvalho in the middle, um, Fabio, would float as the number 10 to both sides of the field to help create these overloads, along with uh, Mitrovic dropping in and playing that false nine that he's been typically playing in the past few years. Although I hope he, he does continue to try and get into the box a little bit more so that we do have a target player to, to serve to. Because it did look like they wanted to serve balls in. Uh, there just weren't really numbers in the box throughout this game. Um, I felt the my biggest question mark with Mitrovic playing in that false nine role where he is more starting high and then dropping deep into the midfield because Fabio... Um, Carvalho was more floating from side to side, so Mitrovic would fill that space. You know, why weren't there some slashing runs from the outside uh, midfield players with um, Cabano and, and um, Harry Wilson running into the space that Mitrovic vacated? Uh, there seemed to be a lot of open space in behind, and I, I don't think I can recall really any in, in particular moments where if Mitrovic dropped, there was immediately someone trying to slash into that space, 
and, you know, Tim Ream or um, Tosin were looking to play that ball directly in behind. Maybe something to see if that progresses and is something that is an addition to their tactics in upcoming games so that they have another outlet to try and create some different chances. Uh, so that's something that was a big question mark for me, and I'm looking to see if they can add that to their game potentially. Um, I think another big thing for me was the holding midfielders were left out of this match for a majority of the game in, in regards to how we were possessing. Uh, there were a lot of opportunities because we were doing these overloads in the wide areas the defensive unit for Middlesbrough was being pulled to one side of the field. I felt there was opportunities for Josh Onomar and Tyrese Francois to potentially get on the ball a little bit more and switch the point of attack uh, to potentially create more of a 1v1 situation on the opposite side. Um, Josh Onoma, to, to speak a little bit more on the, on the holding midfields here, we had Zambo and Guisa who I thought was going to play in this game because he had played in the preseason run-up, basically has told Fulham he is he wants to leave, uh, and Silva has made it very adamant and clear that people will play who want to be here, uh, and those who do not will will not be a part of the of the playing group. So he held Zambo out of the squad. Totally understandable. Definitely a big piece to, to miss in an opening game, especially when you've been using him in preseason. Uh, so Anima has to, to drop into a deeper holding midfield role, which I don't feel is his most um, strongest position. I think he's better in a free-flowing 10 where he can get involved in the attack a lot more. Uh, I think he was a bit lost in that, that number eight role where Francois was playing a little bit deeper in the six. Um, and for Francois, I think he did a really good job of cleaning up defensively and, and shielding the back line but um, you know he's still growing and learning in that role uh, because his experience just hasn't um, hasn't been very extensive so far at, within the first team so I am excited to see how he grows uh, but he might need some time to to really understand the the number six and how to how to play in that uh, within the Fulham system. Uh, so the other big question mark there is because Harrison Reed is probably going to be held out again this week. Will the will he continue to go Silva with the you know the two holding mids or does he think about playing one? Which I think they went to a four one four one at one point during this game with just Francois. But uh, that kind of left a lot of space uh, for Middlesbrough to to exploit later in the game. So. We'll see how this progresses, uh, what what kind of players continue to fall into these positions. Um, and, but I think we'll see Fabio for, for quite a while now with Tom Kearney's injury rose continuing. We've had news that he is you know, still recovering. Reed is still recovering but should be back sooner. Uh, so I think we'll see a similar starting lineup as we saw in the first game um, with potentially I think the one adjustment could be Josh Anima um, maybe Michael Sari jumps into the starting lineup uh, he was on the bench I think he's someone who if he is going to be a part of the plans why not give him a run out uh, because I think he does have a lot of upside there's also 
he unfortunately has a lot of downside to his game as well as we've seen in the past. So the the midfield three is, I think, the biggest question mark right now of what's that going to look like long term for this Fulham squad and, and what's the best um, what's the best group when everybody's healthy? What's the best group when you know not everybody is healthy? Because Tom Kearney, I think, is somebody we might not see for quite a while on the field. Um, we, like I said, I, I mentioned Mitrovic earlier playing in the false nine. Um, I felt he just looks a step off his game so far. Uh, he does look like he has come in shape. He looks he lost a little bit of weight, but I think his performance soccer spot soccer speed wise within this team is something that he needs to find again i think he just needs a little bit of time i believe fully he is going to be a goal scoring machine this year again uh, but if he is going to play this false nine role a little bit more he's going to have to have the the fitness and the pace to get into the box after he's come down received distributed um, as we've seen a player like Harry Kane do for Tottenham for so long. Uh, but Kane's big thing is right after he gets rid of that ball, he is immediately trying to find somewhere to get on the ball again. And I, I did not see that from Mitrovic in this game. So where is that you know change of pace? Where is that hunger to go score goals as he does when he plays for Serbia um, and just cannot be stopped for them? I'm looking to see that return to form for Fulham like we saw two years ago in the championship where he won the Golden Boot. Uh, and I do foresee us needing to play um, better services in from the, the wide areas. I foresee us needing to add another runner into the box with him when we are serving from the wide area. So it's not just him versus three defenders, which we saw multiple times in this game, and him having to... to deal with that while also trying to score uh very very difficult to do if he's just the only one who's ever getting into the box first half comes to to a close after some some decent chances from from us and and i don't think middlesbrough really saw much of the ball really had much of anything in the first half the second half i do believe fulham step off the gas a bit i think there's definitely fitness questions just being at the beginning of the season uh, and with this offseason being a, a unique one where a lot of people are on uh, different trips for, for, for cups and, and for tournaments and um, because of the season finishing a little bit later because of the COVID adjustment from this past year as well, there's just going to be some time to fitness-wise get up to speed. Second half, I think that that goal that does come from Middlesbrough comes a lot from ball watching. The first ball is cleared out of the box a lot of people just end up watching the ball we see two Middlesbrough players float into the 18 yard space while the ball is on the left hand side and it's a good individual effort by the the Middlesbrough player on the left side to get a great ball into uh, I think it's Bola who ends up scoring for them and he is unmarked completely unmarked in the 18 yard box able to turn able to finish uh, Tosin does make a good effort to try and get there. I think the ball goes between his legs, I believe, too, which is just so unfortunate. But it, it's poor marking, it's poor tackling, it's ball watching, and that, I think, comes from that fatigue factor late in the game, 
early in the year, not being 100% tuned in. Um, it's something that I think will not happen as this, this year continues, but it's, it is something over the next couple of weeks we need to make sure is really an emphasis of focus for this Fulham team that late in games, in, in moments where we are feeling fatigued, uh, Silva's getting them really focused in, uh, you know, our captain, whoever it is on the day is getting them focused in and, and making sure we are fully aware of what our responsibilities are in those moments. Uh, and unfortunately then the rest of the game is very frantic. There's, there's a lot of chaos I felt from both sides. The game becomes very open. Both sides are going up and down the field. Lack of composure there, there was somebody, and I can't remember off the top of my head, there was a chance late for Fulham, and instead of taking a touch in the box to, to be able to get a good finish, it's a one-time trying to, to score, and the ball is, is way, you know, way away from where the, the shot needs to be. And it's just that, that mentality of, of being composed, understanding that we have imposed our will on this game for most of it and in the waning moments yes we just let in a goal how do we find the right si the right type of focus mindset and approach to make sure that we are creating a chance that can get us a goal and give us an opportunity to go out and get a result that we want in this first game because yes Middlesbrough did earn that in the end that the way they played to finish out the second half their goal was coming but I do still feel that Fulham should have gone out and gotten a three-point result in this game based on who we have on our team, based on how they've definitely prepared for this season, uh, and based on the fact that we had dominated throughout this entire, uh, this entire game until the last about 15 minutes, uh, which is a, a big period of time that you can't let your, your focus and your um, mentality and your, your hold on the game kind of let go. So... Lots of positives coming from this, and, and like I said earlier, I do have a different take that, yes, we can look at all the positives, but you still have to go out and get that result, and I am looking forward to how they respond now, heading into this weekend, playing Huddersfield uh, tomorrow, which will take a quick break right now, come back, and I will uh, dive into what I feel like uh, they really need to do to, to get a three-point result against this Huddersfield. So, this weekend, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Fulham will play Huddersfield Town. Uh, this is going to be another pretty ugly game. Just my, my thoughts heading into this one. I feel Huddersfield are a team that have gone, unfortunately, in a different direction from Fulham since uh, the, the two have been relegated. Uh, Huddersfield were a team that were in the Prem for a few years. They had done, uh, played a very specific type of soccer, which was very, very organized, really good at set pieces, counter-attacking style, um, and just impossible to break down under uh, David Wagner. Uh, he, I think, tried to open up their play a little bit more, and it just did not, did not come to fruition. Uh, they didn't really have the investment backing that some other clubs around them did. Uh, and unfortunately, as time has gone on, they have somewhat slipped uh, into a, a, a position right now that I know there are predictions out there that they could 
be one of the teams in the relegation battle this season heading into the, you know league 1 within the 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 breakdown of of soccer here in in England or not here I'm in the United States but in England um so they're a team I think especially if we can head into this game and again s- set the tone really quickly from the beginning of this game is a team that I think can fold under that that pressure of of what could be a long season for them. They did make some some signings this season, uh, this off season. So they've brought in a few players from teams in, in the championship and some loanies from from above. They they have a player coming in from from Chelsea and from Norwich. They have someone from Sheffield United, Oxford United, Blackpool. Um, Another one from Sheffield United and um, MK Don. So a few players from above and from below. I think they have to be smart in their investment. And again, because they might not have as much of the backing as other teams around them do, uh, they also open the season with a 1-1 tie uh, to Derby County, which Derby's a team, I think, right now that is a big question mark surrounding, you know, will they be able to continue to be a team that will be in that conversation of potentially going up will Wayne Rooney be uh, able to help guide them to uh, a top six finish to be able to get into automatic promotion or or the playoff talk this year uh, so I think that nil one one draw is is a good result for them uh, Huddersfields in that first game uh, and it it's a Definitely a wake up to Fulham that it's not going to be again a walk in the park. Every single game in the championship is going to be a battle, uh, but this is a team that Fulham have had a pretty strong history of of beating over the past ten matches. Fulham have won seven of them. There's been two draws and only one win, which I believe was from an own goal uh, that Fulham scored on themselves. Uh, Back when we were in the Premier League a few years back, uh, so but last uh, the last time we played in the Championship, uh, we were able to win both of those games. Uh, we won one of those two in the in the Premier League uh, a few years back, and then we were in the Championship before we utterly have dominated them in, in the in the past. So, can we come out and impose our will from the kickoff? That that's my big. My big ask and my big question for Fulham in this one is I feel like if they can just come out and really look to to create and score early, follow up, you know, if if I feel if we had put another one in within the next 10 minutes after Wilson had scored against Middlesbrough, that game's done. I, I feel this is a similar situation that if... if we can get a goal early against Huddersfield and then immediately try and get that second one right in the next 10, 15 minutes afterwards. And we go up 2 nothing in the first half. The game is done. I do believe that that can be a way that Fulham can get results this year against some of these teams in the championship. They can put games away with just two goals uh, and be able to, to call it pretty confidently that they will be able to get results after that but that's the big question mark Fulham have been um, not a great goal scoring team uh, 
in the past couple years, even when we were in the championship, there were times where I just, you're always like, are we going to be able to put (laughs) goals in today? Uh, And last year especially was a big, big thing for us. We were not able to score. This is, I think there are pieces now with Harry Wilson, with Mitrovic coming back in. I think giving Cabano a full run out is going to provide him the opportunity. Fabio is a good goal scorer as well. Uh, and I hope he can continue to get run outs. Uh, they, they're going to be able to score goals. They just need to take their chances. And my big prediction here is if we go up 2 nothing in the first half, that's going to be a win for us against Huddersfield this weekend. The last thing I do want to cover quickly before we wrap up this episode of Fulham from Across the Pond um, are the transfer rumors and then the transfer market as we continue to tick towards the end of the transfer window, which closes August 31st. So, as we mentioned before, Zambo and Guisa is, is probably on his way out the door. There's there's bids, I know, or rumors of bids coming from Italy. There's some from Premier League teams. Uh, hopefully they can recoup the money that they had spent on him. I hope they don't just loan him out at this point. I feel like you know, cash in on him. He had a really good season last year. People are very high on him as a player. You know, look to get, uh, I think they brought him in for uh, quite a bit of money. It was like 30 million pounds, something close to that. You know, if you can even just get 20 million back, if, if not more, that's a good recoup for a player that, you know, has, I think, turned out to be quite good for us, but maybe not to the point of that, price tag that we put on him so he's the big one that's going out i think kamara is still one that we're looking to see what happens with him Um, he did play in the game against middlesbrough but i know he has been in conversation uh, as a player that might be on his way out with multiple bids for him um, coming from uh, other other leagues and other countries uh, in that european area we have been hearing rumors about Rodrigo Munez, who's coming from Flamenco, and he had had COVID, and now we're waiting to see if he's fully cleared. I think he then has to quarantine to then even come to England as well. I've heard now in the past week or so that Cameron Carter-Vickers is a a target for us as another center-back option coming from Tottenham Hotspurs. He is a player that we have been targeting for the past few years i think it's now three years every summer we hear about him last year he was on loan with bournemouth um, and had a quite a good season i think he's had a good preseason with spurs um if we're gonna do all these signings and if we're gonna keep being tied to some of these players just please do it (laughs) please make these signings at this point i hate how we not the only club and i didn't i think we mentioned in the sunday soccer show that this transfer window is very different because of the covid um, aspect of things because of all the championships and tournaments that happened over the summer Um, but still you can make some of these signings before the last day of the transfer window these are two players that would be very very valuable in in our approach to the the games that we have in August that we can set a pretty big gap at the top of the table if we are able to get results 
Um, a player like Muniz who can come in and be a good goal scorer for us, a player like Vickers who can help solidify a back line. And, um, you know, that's a big question mark with who would he come in? Would he replace uh, a Reem or a Tosin? Would he expand our, our tactics to switch into a, a back three with three center backs? All of these good questions to, to, to talk about, but those types of players have to get into the ranks before we can even discuss it. So, uh, I just hope we can make these signings sooner rather than later, if at all, because I know Munez has been talking, this conversation with him has been going on for a few weeks now, and he's also being pursued by Middlesbrough, if not others. I'm sure there are others who are in that conversation as well, but I, you just got to lock these down. I'm not I'm not someone who understands the the ins and outs of how this works i'm not within that type of um profession of the the money piece and the transferring from different countries and everything but it's still um just you know you see some of these other teams making decisions in july bringing players in solidifying 99 percent of the the squad um I'm hoping we can do the same, although I understand the, the the desire to try and wait and see if you can nick a cheaper price because these teams want to get offload them in the end. Um, but it would be nice to just have it all figured out right now. But this now completes the second episode of Fulham from Across the Pond. Uh, very excited to continue discussing my favorite team, Fulham FC, um, and watching them through this championship season. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode, and uh, be sure to, to continue to follow our new episodes on Sundays of the Sunday Soccer Show and our new episode um, that will be coming out. Uh, the Four Horsemen of Football should be coming down the pipeline soon uh, as some special bonus episodes, uh, hopefully once a month. But thank you, as always, for tuning in, and enjoy your weekends.